Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette Pozos. And as always, we have Omar Pozos, my wonderful co-host. But laughing there in the background is our very special guest here, Travis Dalrymple. And Travis is someone who I'm really excited to bring on. He's someone who I first met two years ago or so, about two and a half, three years ago, um, working with one of my mentorship companies, which is IFCA. And Travis himself has a really incredible story. You know, he's been an entrepreneur and a thought leader for pretty much a decade now. He really started his own leadership journey at the young, youthful age of 20 years old. And that really started with him accidentally finding his way onto America's Got Talent. Believe it or not, the actual show that, yes, you have watched at home, ladies and gentlemen. And this very man who you are listening, he placed third on America's Got Talent dropped out of college to travel the world with his entertainment business and really learned a lot during that time. He also, during the last decade, he became the head coach and gym manager of a New York City CrossFit gym, turning it into truly one of the best places to work out in all of New York City. But when COVID struck, he really had to shift, pivot, make his way into the online coaching space to be able to actually ultimately create a multiple six-figure business in a very short period of time, which is where I ended up meeting him. And he really impressed me right off the bat. He was someone I looked up to within our mentorship company. And not so surprisingly, he actually ended up getting hired, recruited by that very mentorship company. And now he works as the director of client success at a $10 million business where he himself leads a team of 10 and he's entirely in charge of client success and really has done an incredible job of helping that business grow. And not only that, I could probably go on and on about all of Travis's (laughs) accolades, but he is truly one of the people that probably leaves me laughing endlessly all the time. And that's why at the beginning of this episode, it was really hard to introduce myself because I was already (laughs) giggling away at what we were just laughing about before we hit record. So Travis, without further ado, Welcome to the Vanessa G Fitcast. How are you doing? Uh, I I got you, Travis. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Well, after that, I'm feeling pretty damn good, if I don't say so myself. Uh, Yeah, that was great. I appreciate that. And yes, we were laughing before this. It was hilarious because we couldn't figure stuff out, and it was great. So I'm just happy to be here and happy to chat with both of you about some really cool stuff. So thanks for that intro. 
Yeah. A lot well, of pressure now. I was going to say, she never gives me an intro like that. I'm like, good Lord. Well, you like how I just slipped in like, oh, my, my co-host here, yeah. Omar, but our special yeah. guest. <laughs> a is, celebrity, basically. He really yeah. is. Like, a, we've got Travis and uh, my husband's here, but yeah. whatever. That's fine. <laughs> no big deal. Well, yep. Travis, we're, we're super excited to have you on the podcast today. You know, this is a topic that... I've been wanting to dive deeper in myself on the podcast. And when you and I were talking, because at one of our recent retreats within our mentorship, you talked about this very topic itself that we are going to cover today. And it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. I have been a student of this topic. I have been a teacher of this topic within our own client community, often doing some intensive mindset breakthroughs in our in-person client retreats and in the one-on-one mindset breakthrough sessions that I offer our forever fit exclusive community. But I really felt like in order to cover this topic appropriately, I really needed to bring on somebody like you, who's truly an expert here. And so today we are talking about limiting beliefs and ultimately how our thoughts do control our reality and how to break and identify those limiting beliefs as well. So Omar, I know you really wanted to, um, you were really excited about this one as well, which is why typically we don't always have both of us on here getting to interview our special guests. And this is one I wanted to make sure you were a part of as well. So yeah, if you uh, want to kick things off here. hundred percent. When I, when she was, when Vanessa told me, she's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Travis about limiting beliefs. I was like, wait, I was like, I want to be on that. I was like, can I join? Uh, not only because <laughs> I get to hang out with you, Travis, of course, but honestly, when it came to limiting beliefs, it's something that's relatively fairly new to me. And honestly, I think it's it's a topic that not a lot of people take the time to sit down and even process or understand or question themselves. So I'm like, at one point, I was like, what, it, what even is a limiting belief, right? And, and after kind of going through some of the journeys that we've done, working with our life coach, Leslie, and, and some of the things that we've done in the business, I'm like, oh my gosh, the fact that you can actually alter your emotions, your thoughts, and really have a more intentional way of doing things as opposed to doing things by default. I'm like, that's, it's, it's, it's like a life change. It's like a cheat code basically. And to me, I'm like, I didn't know, didn't even know you can do that. But, um, Travis, one of the things I wanted to kind of jump right in. And if you don't mind is, um, some of the things that I picked up from the presentation you gave, can you talk to us about that loop of thoughts, feelings, emotions, and actions and how it works and how you can start, maybe using it into your everyday life to start figuring out some answers on all this. Yeah, absolutely. And there's the, the place where we kind of have to start here before we even dive into that is actually defining what a limiting belief is because Ooh. the three of us, I feel like are fairly familiar with the topic and like we're, you know, we talk about it all the time, but for some of your listeners, like that might actually be kind of a foreign concept. So really a limiting belief I like Tony Robbins' explanation of this. It's just a story that you tell yourself that's preventing you from becoming the next version of who you want to be. That's really all it is. And most of the time, these are things that we don't even realize that we believe or that we think. It's things that we just don't even think to question. And usually someone else, nine times out of 10, someone else is going to have to point that out for you. The goal of what some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is that you can start to see these things yourself a little bit more easily. So like beliefs or limiting belief, just something you're telling about yourself that fundamentally it's not true. It's not helping you. It's not serving you. And you don't even know that you believe that thing. And that's for like health and wellness space is 
I can't do it. This won't work for me. I'll be happy once I lose X amount of weight. I'm overwhelmed. I'm a people pleaser. I can't put myself first. I can't go to the gym. Like all of these things that we've all said at one point or the other, not realizing that they're just beliefs that we have that are holding us back. So if I can get your listeners to believe literally one thing today, the whole point of our conversation is to get them to believe that your beliefs are optional. That's literally it. So if you take nothing else from this podcast, beliefs are optional. If you believe that, you can literally do whatever the fuck you want with your life and you'll be good to go. Yeah. So that's that's part one. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, and sometimes Vanessa and I have gotten to the point where like she says something now, I'm like, are you sure that's true? I'm like, or is it oh, just Oh, it's really a annoying when or- I say something and he's like, that sounds like a limiting belief. Yeah, like, you're my sh- husband. You're supposed to just nod and agree with everything you're I You're supposed say. to just tell me I'm correct. But I'm like, babe, I'm like, I don't know if that's real. But that that I think you defining first what a limiting belief is so important because you're right. A lot of people don't even have the idea that you don't have to believe everything that you know you think is true or you can question everything that you're you're saying or thinking, right? Yeah, and- to help people with this, there's kind of four aspects of this, and they're the four that you like briefly touched on earlier. So it's thought, feeling, emotion, and action. And we're constantly going to come back to those. So thought, feeling, emotion, action. And a thought turns into a feeling, a feeling turns into an emotion, and an emotion turns into an action, and an action turns back into a thought at some point again. So where people get hung up is that they don't realize that their thoughts and beliefs, like those words are kind of interchangeable, but they don't realize that or they don't believe that. And so people identify that if I think something, that is by default who I am, Mm. which is ridiculous, right? So let's take that to the extreme. Like how many times have you guys been like, I'm going to punch my husband or my wife in the face? All the time. Never. <laughs> right? <laughs> Never. Yeah. Okay. And then how many how many times did you actually do that? All the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Just> right. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, I'm kidding. Right? Probably never, right? But you had the thought and you didn't do it, which means that's not who you are. You just chose to take a different action around that thought or you chose not to believe it. You chose not to have a follow through on it. Most people don't make that connection with everything else in their lives. So when they have a thought that's not serving them, they're just like, oh, that that's who I am, which in itself is a separate limiting belief. So to kind of kick it. Oh, good. Sorry. No, you're good. I was going to say to kind of kick it to the more health and, and fitness aspect of it. Like, let's say a thought is I can't lose the 30 pounds or I can't, you know, make myself. I can't go to the gym. Nothing works for me. Nothing works for me. Yeah. So can yep. can you go through that and, and talk about how that becomes a feeling, an emotion, an action, and, and go through that loop? Yeah. So the first thing that's going to happen is let's take the this this isn't going to work for me. You know, mm-hmm. you have that thought, and that thought is going to turn into some sort of physical representation within your body if you choose to believe that thought. So there's all these different processes that happen in between thoughts, feelings, emotion, and action. And the first one is that a thought will turn into a physical feeling within your body if you choose to believe it. So if you say, uh, I can't do this, this isn't going to work for me, there's a really, really high chance that your body language is going to reflect that. So the first thing that's going to happen is 
your shoulders are going to sag, your head might drop, you might feel kind of heavy, so to speak, physically, and you're like, man, uh, just that kind of physical reaction within your body. Once that happens, the next immediate thing is that feeling is going to process into an emotion within a microsecond if you place meaning behind it. And this is a really cool process. We're going to come back to this one in a uh, moment just to give you like a different example of it. But if I have that shoulder, my shoulders drop, my head drops, I'm feeling exhausted physically, I, I feel heavy suddenly, it's like, man. Am, am I depressed? Am I defeated? Uh, you know, am I overwhelmed? Like you, then that emotion comes from the physical manifestation of whatever your belief was. Mm. Then that will turn into an action if you have a desire to change or to not change. So when it comes to, you know, the health and wellness space, everyone's trying to get healthy. They're trying to lose weight. They're trying to look great, etc. So if they really want to change and they have a desire to change, we can move on to an action. Or in this case, it's probably going to be an inaction. I can't do this. It's not going to work for me. Shoulders drop. I'm feeling defeated. I'm not going to the gym. And then the loop repeats itself. So now you went, you didn't go to the gym and you have the thought again of, I can't do this. And then the cycle repeats over and over and over and over. So that's where we have to figure out, all right, where do we hack the system if we don't have the life that we want to have? And it can't start with thoughts if this is your first time doing it because you're just not going to be able to catch them quick enough. You have to start with the action, the things that have already happened that you can objectively look at and say to yourself, I did this action or I didn't do the action, right? So let's, let's take not going to the gym. I didn't go to the gym. Why didn't I go to the gym? I was feeling depressed. I was feeling defeated. And the first million dollar question you got to ask yourself is, what would I have had to believe to feel defeated? And that's going to bring you back to your original thought and or belief. Those terms, again, fairly interchangeable. And that's where you might find, you'll say to yourself, well, if I felt depressed, I believe that this isn't going to work for me. And now you're possibly at the root of what you truly believe deep down. And this is where it gets kind of tricky. The first question, what would I have to believe to feel this way, will lead you to, is my belief true? Yes, no. Objectively speaking, the answer 99% of the time is going to be no. But the key word there is objectively. So some people will say, I can't do this. Is that true? Yes. And then the process repeats itself over and over and over and you feel defeated. But that's not the, the context of the question. The context of the question is, is this objectively true? Is it true that this will not work for you? Is it true that you cannot do X, Y, Z? And if there's evidence anywhere on the planet that it's not true, that's going to show you that it's a limiting belief. And for the health and wellness space, like, has do you know someone else that has lost weight? Yes, cool, then your belief isn't true, just by default. That's where people get stuck. They're like, what if I think my belief is true? It's like, we're not talking about whether you think it's true. We're talking about whether it's factually accurate. Yes, no. And if you continue to tell yourself no, you get the opportunity to replace it 
with a new belief. And I realized I just got hit you guys with like a shit ton there. So like, let's <laughs> my let's brain pause I'm over there. here. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I really love going through this model, like with some of our clients who are in that kind of stage where we can start to dive in and recognize that, okay, we've been working a lot on changing some of our actions, but it's not as simple as, Hey, let's just do these things. It's really diving into what are the thoughts we're having that are ultimately leading to action or inaction. And what I find is I typically use a very similar model to the one that you teached us here and you went through, Travis. And what I like to do a lot, especially with our clients, because they are all generally women. And I find that women tend to be most in tune with their feelings above everything else. So I typically like to start in the feeling section of like, let's start to identify more so even in the moment so we can catch these things in the moment rather than after the fact of what is the feeling that I'm feeling in my body? What is the feeling that I'm experiencing? Getting really clear on that and then backtracking of either we can move forward and say, well, what is this feeling making me want to do or making me not want to do? And then what is the thoughts that I would have had to have had to have believed this feeling and actually starting to just download our thoughts, get them on paper or on computer into our phones and like bring awareness to these types of things because that seems to be the first step, right? We have to bring awareness to this. Yeah. If you're not questioning everything, then you're not going to get any answers and nothing's going to change, right? So there's kind of two secrets to this. The first one goes back to exactly what you you just said, which is you got to question everything and that if you believe that you should question everything and you believe that beliefs are optional, like things really start to open up. So when it comes to starting with that feeling, there needs to be a constant sense of why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Like, wh- what am I thinking right now? What am I thinking right now? And it really turns into this game where you're going to start questioning all the thoughts you have, just not like the bad ones. It's going to be the good ones too. And if you can start to separate yourself from your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and realize that your thoughts are just chemicals and electricity firing off in your brain. Like everyone listening and both of you and I have had weird thoughts that were like that. I don't know why I just thought that I'm going to do nothing with it. Like that was a really weird, useless thought. But when it comes to things that are uncomfortable or important, that's when we don't question them at all. Mm. So what if we think about our thoughts as if I experience any type of discomfort, resistance, or hesitation around a thought I have, that's the one that I should question. That's where I should be like, wait a minute. What did I just say to myself? Do I think that's actually true? And then if the answer is no, you get to say, okay, I don't objectively think that's true. What do I get to believe instead? Because again, beliefs are optional. So you get to choose whatever beliefs that you want. A really good example of this is think about Santa Claus, right? Yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Love him. Right? When you were little, you never even had the inkling to think, is Santa not real? Because you believed it at such a deep level that there was no reason to even question it. You just had the thought like Santa's coming, but you never thought, is Santa actually a real thing? And if you're listening and you just found this out, I'm so sorry, he's not real. But if you want to think he's real, like whatever, it's up to you. Parents, I'm so sorry. Yeah, my bad. My bad, everybody. (laughs) But then once, you know, little Timmy gets a little older and someone says, hey, listen, that's not true. Like that, uh, you know, Santa's not real. 
that kid is going to look back and go, oh, my God. Well, first of all, he's going to be upset. But second, he's going to be like, okay, now I understand where all the presents came from. Now I understand why when mom and dad put cookies and milk out, that the next morning it wasn't there because they ate it. Now I understand how the presents got under the tree. Now I understand X, Y, Z. So when that belief is broken, you also get the benefit of reflection. Because there's no, when certain beliefs are broken, I call this kind of the threshold theory. There's no possible way that you can really go back to believing what you used to believe unless something truly dramatic happened. So for example, none of us are going to, as adults, just start believing in Santa again to a level of 100%. It's physically, mentally, like it's not going to happen. So if you can break a belief where it's, I can't do this, and you break that and it turns into, I can do this, for that specific area, you can't go back if the belief is truly broken. You might have the thought and say, I can't do this. Oh, wait, that's not true. And the belief is gone immediately, like you're not even dealing with it. But once you cross that barrier with the right tools, it's crazy because you literally can track that's where my life changed that day when I know when I stopped believing that thing that wasn't serving me, mm. which was Santa Claus. Boom. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I was, I love going through this, these examples as well, like in real time with clients. And, you know, I was talking with a client on this exact topic last week when she was admitting a lot of limiting beliefs that she has around just where she's at in her hormone journey and just not really believing that with the, constraints of her job and how that interacts with food and alcohol that she can actually get to a place where she can heal her body and heal her hormones and truly not believing it's possible. And when we start to bring up that, you know, these are limiting beliefs and these are thoughts that are creating the feelings that are leading to her actions around these things. You know, one of the things that she expressed is that, you know, I've tried these things in the past. I've tried changing my beliefs and it just, it didn't work for me. And of course, at that point, we identified that that in and of itself is another limiting belief because we realized that she was going about it the wrong way. And so that's where I'm getting at here. If I would love if we could dive into this a little bit further of like an actual example when it comes to, you know, a common limiting belief in the health and fitness space, we can continue to hit on maybe the one of, you know, this won't work for me. And I think a yeah. lot of people make the mistake of jumping from a very like negative belief all the way to a 180 to like a very positive belief that just doesn't feel true to them. So it doesn't really help them move forward because they're trying to convince themselves of something that doesn't feel true. What are your thoughts on that, Travis? Yeah. So there's a lot there, which is a fun topic. So I 100% agree that people uh, tend to swing on the pendulum way too far from uh, I can't do this to I'm going to work out seven days a week. And it's like, Hey, listen, too much, not a good plan. Like you're just going to burn yourself out. Like your personality and your uh, current container as a human isn't prepared for that. It's too much. You haven't changed enough as a person to handle that amount. Some people, yes, but very, very rare for the you know general population. It's not going to work. It's just going to be too much. But What's interesting about people that say, I've tried this, you know, X, Y, and Z in the past, and it hasn't worked. The limiting belief there is almost they're not open to the possibility that it would work, Mm. which is where people get stuck. 
So it's not that they don't think that what you're saying or what, you know, the, what Vanessa and Omar are helping people with could work. It's that they're actually not open to the possibility that anything for them specifically will work, which is fascinating, right? But that's really hard to show somebody on a call or in conversation. Like you really have to carefully question what they're saying. So if someone came to me and said, you know, this isn't going to work for me. The first question that I would ask them is like, oh, okay. So you don't think it's going to work for you? Like what makes you say that? Right. And those, well, I've done this in the past. I've done that in the past. I've done this in the past. It's like, okay. So when it comes to what we do here, how do you know that it's not going to work? And then they'll say the same thing again. Well, I've done it in the past. It's like, yes, but how do you know that this time it will not work? Like, do you have a time machine? <laughs> Are you in the future? Like, this is where it comes to the state of mind that someone can be in. Uh, they can be in the past, they can be in the present, and they can be in the future. For this person that's saying, this isn't going to work for me, objectively, they're not in reality. They're in the future, and they're hanging out in fear. They're saying, I'm already ahead of you, and I already have a negative outlook on this, and I already know nothing's going to happen. So I'm choosing to not take action in the present. I do nothing in reality. This is where people get stuck because they're not actually hanging out in the present. If someone was, they would say, okay, it hasn't worked for me in the past. What am I going to do today? How am I going to take the next step forward, not lose 30 pounds tomorrow, but how am I just going to start the journey and start the process? Getting people back into reality is really key to being able to do that. And I think too, sometimes <clears throat> to your point of people not being stuck in the present, they also get stuck in the past. And it's like, well, I've dieted eating 1200 calories. I've dieted going to the gym seven times a week and that didn't work for me. Therefore, nothing else period is going to work for me. And it's like, okay, let's back up for a second. And again, Let's look at not necessarily the results, but let's look at the process. And, and and we were just talking about this this morning. It's at times people end up blaming themselves and they say, you know, I'm not motivated or I, I, I I'm not committed. I don't have the, the discipline to do this. And it's like, well, if we look at the process of what you're doing, it's not sustainable for anybody, period. If you're a busy person and you're trying to work out seven days a week, two hours in the gym, I can tell you right now, that's not going to work. So they go through these phases, they go through these fad diets, these quick fix attempts, and they come out of it on the other end with no results. And then they start to blame themselves. And that's what we, it's so hard at times yeah. to get people to see the other side of it. And like you said, really start to question themselves because of everything that they've done in the past, you know? Yeah. And the interesting thing about the, the past, I'm just grabbing my notebook here because you said something that I thought was really interesting uh, that I uh -oh. didn't uh -oh. notice. He's like, actually, you're doing so a limiting belief fine. now. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's something you said that's really common. That is a limiting belief that people don't believe is, but we'll come back to that. Uh, the interesting thing about the past is when people say stuff like, this isn't going to work for me. I've already tried it. I've done X, Y, and Z. I know it's going to, it's not going to work is that they're not actually telling you their past. They're telling you their interpretation or the story that they're telling themselves about what actually happened. Because what actually happened factually and their story around what happened are could be two entirely different things. 
right? And this is really common in the health and wellness space. And I'm sure you guys have seen it where someone has lost a bunch of weight, it came back, lost a bunch of weight, it came back. And they go through that, you know, crash dieting cycle, so to speak. And then they get to the point where they're talking to you guys and, you know, what you guys do is amazing and you can solve pretty much anything, but they're like, Hey, I've already done these things. It, it doesn't work. It's like, well, you're telling, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying the way that you did it, X, Y, and Z, that didn't work for you, right? Well, no, it did. It's like, okay, what do you mean? Well, I lost the weight. It's like, yes, but you also said it came back, right? Right. Okay, so you're actually saying that it didn't work because all the weight came back. And they're not really telling themselves that story. They're telling themselves, I lost the weight. And then I don't know, it just reappeared. Like they're not actually taking responsibility for what happened or with the process that they used to do it. Because most people, as you guys know, like whatever system or process they're usually, usually isn't a sustainable one. So there's also like, you know, blissful ignorance that they are unaware that the mainstream dieting culture is <laughs> trash, right? So they don't know. But you got to take them through that process to get them to realize that what they've done hasn't worked factually. And the story that they tell themselves might be different than that. Hmm. It's so hard to, to follow up any of your comments because I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I have nothing to add. Yeah, exactly. So I guess, in, in Vanessa, I don't know if you have any other questions, but Travis, how do we fix this? How the hell do we hack the system? Yeah, so there's the main thing you got to do once you have this, once you have the belief that your beliefs are optional and that your beliefs are just things that you think. They're just your thoughts. And once you're like, you know what? What if my thoughts aren't true? Because you're having 60,000 of these things a day on average. So if you believed every thought you had, you'd be a psychopath. You'd probably be like a murderer, right? <laughs> you'd lose your mind. It doesn't make any sense. So when you have a thought and you don't like it, or it feels weird or something suspicious about it, you really have to remove that thought from your mind. And I like to think about it like in the sky or on a wall next to me, and I just get it out of my brain. And maybe the thought is, you know, there's no way I could go on Vanessa and Omar's podcast, right? Even if it's just a microsecond of that thought, it's like I see it on the wall and I go, that's a weird thought. I don't know why I would have that. Do I think that's objectively true? And then I'd just be like, no, I don't. Well, I can just do it. Okay, cool. Like, I'm going to go do it. Like, I feel good now. I've been sitting here now. I just sat upright more, and this is just an example, and I emotionally feel better than I did 10 seconds ago because I just reconfirmed with myself that I actually do believe that I can sit here and talk to you both, which I did prior, but this was just an example. <laughs> you really shouldn't have believed so, that before, Travis. Yeah. I hate to break it to you. Right? Yeah. They're so intimidating, yeah, no, that's okay. too. I was um, so scared. <laughs> I know one of the things you did, Travis, was public speaking, right? Can you talk a little bit about your process there and how you, you were able to interpret those thoughts and, and replace them to something that served you a little bit better? Yeah, so I uh, gave some very many presentations back in December, and I thought I didn't do a great job. And when I was asked to do those, my first thought was, I'm not great at this stuff. And then I just did them anyway. So I had the thought, I'm not just great at this stuff. And it was, is that true? And it was really more of like, 
not necessarily a no, but like, I don't know. I have nothing to back up that thought whatsoever. So I'm just going to go do it anyway. So I chose to believe, no, that's not true. Yes, I'm feeling kind of nervous, kind of excited about this, like a little bit of anxiety, but I took the action anyway and I did them. Looking back, and when I had to give a presentation about uh, a month ago, I was like, okay, I did the thing. I had that presentation. Uh, I'm somewhat happy with how it went, but I know that I want to speak more. What do I do now? Like, I can improve as a speaker. Like, that little kind of thought creeps in. And then you have to grab it and say, or I grabbed it and say, well, no, like, I, I don't I don't suck at this. I am good at it. I just need X, Y, Z. So I went and found uh, like a motivational speaker, keynote speaker, mentor guy, and started following all his stuff, took his course, and drastically changed that around. And then I think I delivered a killer presentation about a month ago, to be really blunt. Can't confirm. And that like, yep, there you go. And that changed <laughs> that belief for me. But it's really capturing those things. It's when you have that moment of hesitation, when you have that moment of, I don't know, or, uh, like, what am I actually believing right now that would make me feel that way? Oh, X, Y, Z, is that true? And that is a daily practice when I have any resistance or a strange feeling towards anything that pops up in my brain. I love that. Yeah. And I love your, to your point, Travis, of, you know, you realized that you wanted to improve in a certain area and it wasn't a, okay, I can't do this. I'm just not going to dive into it or I'm just not going to get better. It's, it sounds like what you were saying was, I'm going to seek some help. I'm going to seek somebody that's done what I want to yeah. do that can get me to where I want to go. And, and, and you seek that. And I think raising your hand, asking for help, and even for something as like public speaking, it's so important because when it comes to you know health and fitness, again, there's so much stuff out there. There's so many fad diets. There's so much BS out there that's kind of being thrown in your face. It's like, where do I even begin? It's like, well, let's just ask for help and see what others have done that, is, that have helped them. Yeah. And part of the part of the game here too is if you want to have an extraordinary life, you can't make ordinary decisions. So for me, if I feel like I'm making an, an ordinary decision, I'm probably going in the wrong direction for me personally. So for your listeners, if you're like, wow, I would say that I currently have an ordinary life. If you make more ordinary decisions, that is the reality you'll create. If you decide to make an extraordinary decision or you decide to believe something that ordinary people don't believe, you will start to change your life. So an example of that is I don't have the belief that uh, discomfort stops me or that discomfort is related to action. Meaning that when I feel uncomfortable around something, I just do it anyway. Like that is my belief. That is my practice. So it's like, oh, I'm nervous to do X. I'm going to go do it. Not I'm nervous to do X. This is why it's not going to work. Like I don't connect the dots anymore between discomfort and me doing the thing anyway. Like there's an actual belief in the middle there that's like, nope, I'm just going to cut that. Those things are no longer related. Therefore, they don't affect each other. So my discomfort no longer affects my actions because I don't believe that they are connected. Man, 
Well, you know, it's like at the very beginning of the call, I said that this is something, this is a topic where I feel like I am both a, you know, technically a teacher in because this is something I actively work with our clients on, but I very much feel like a student in this. I am, you know, we were joking around, of course, at the beginning when we said that like, Omar, you're always calling me out for limiting beliefs. But the reality (laughs) is I often do find myself, you know, expressing like my thoughts outwardly to Omar that I know very well are limiting beliefs and they're things that help hold me back. But it's really, really easy to get caught up in the feeling of just indulging in these thoughts, indulging in these beliefs, especially with other people. And I think in, you know, around people that you feel really comfortable with, it's really easy to just fall into that trap of almost just complaining, whining, honestly, for lack of better word. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you really want to change your beliefs, surround yourself with people that have different beliefs than you. And you're going to be like, wow, there's a whole new world over here that I didn't even knew or didn't even know existed. I think that's one of the biggest just powers in putting yourself into mentorships, into coaching communities, into places of people that are already doing the things that you're afraid to do. Seeing them do it, like being around those people, seeing them believe in themselves, it's so transformative. Yeah. And to piggyback off something Omar accidentally mentioned earlier. Is this what what you wrote down? (laughs) Yeah. All right. What you got? I think it's a good one because um, it. I went through it. I think a majority of people in the health and wellness space go through it because of how much disinformation they're hit with from like the mainstream media. But that motivation itself is just a limiting belief, mm. right? Which most people don't think of motivation as a belief. They think about it because they've never questioned it as, oh. All these people that are doing all these things, they must be motivated all the time or that they must like know how to instantly get motivated. When you've, if you speak to any, you know, high level CEO, anyone that's already done the thing that you're trying to do, none of them are going to even mention the word motivation at any point. No one's like, oh, I got to get really motivated right now. They're like, no, I'm disciplined. Therefore, I do X, Y, Z because they change as a person. High functioning people don't give a shit about motivation. They care about discipline. So if you're not there yet, you have a limited belief that you actually need motivation to do anything. I love that. And I think, yeah, to your point, I think a little bit of that discipline comes to the systems that you have in place to help you do the things that you want to do each and every day, right? There's a quote, I forget who it says it, but it's like, you don't rise to the level of your potential, you fall to the level of your systems. Um, And it's it's, it's so true. And I I use it all the time. I'm like, well, maybe I just need to improve my system so that I can have better discipline, be better motivated, quote unquote, and actually do the things that I'm supposed to do. But no, I I love everything about it. And this is a topic I feel like we could speak on for hours. And and I'm always like, whoa, like that was such a a, a bomb. And I just learned so much every single time we talk about this stuff. Yeah. And there's there's one section of this, like um, this system that really trips people up. So it's you know, thoughts, feeling, emotion, and action, and it's the feeling part, right? You can easily look at what action you took. You can easily say, like, what emotion was I feeling? You can easily be like, what was the original thought? But the feeling is a little bit more difficult because the thought goes from feeling to emotion in, like, two seconds, right? So most people miss that because it's so quick. So a really cool example of this one is have ever, either of you ever taken a cold shower or done a cold plunge? 
I did one on Saturday. Well, I jumped in okay. our pool outside in <laughs> he Florida. He jumped in the pool and it was like 60 degrees. <laughs> so, sure. Not a cold plunge. So, sure. <laughs> but so yes, to answer your question the, in short, yes, we have. The, the cold is interesting because if you go, if you take it through the process, it's the same exact thing with each example, but the initial thought changes everything around it. So we're just going to take a quick, quick journey. So let's say you are, you get in a cold plunge versus you're dropped into the middle of Antarctica and it's zero degrees, right? So in both situations, the physical reaction is you're fucking cold. (laughs) You're freezing. But the initial thought is very, very different. So for the cold plunge, the thought that you had was this is for my health. This is going to be beneficial. I'm doing this for me, like so on and so forth. And the and that's also the belief, like this is for me, I'm going to be healthier. The thought you have when you get dropped into the middle of Antarctica is, oh shit, I'm going to die. <laughs> like this is not going to go well. And then in both situations, you're very cold physically. But when that feeling goes into an emotion through these two different examples, the outcome is completely different because the meaning that you prescribe to the feeling is not the same. In the cold plunge, the meaning is this is for my health. So the emotion is calm, happy, like maybe you freak out for a second, but you're like, you're feeling emotionally disciplined. But on the flip side, in Antarctica, the feeling and the meaning is I'm going to die. So the emotion is panic, fear, desperation, when the physical sensation is identical. And then the action changes. The cold plunge, you do it again. With If you're in Antarctica, you're going to go try to find shelter. You're going to light a fire. So that's where things get really interesting. Like That's just an example of you interpreting a physical reaction in your body very differently, even though the physical reaction is the exact same thing. It's just that you're cold. Man. See, that's what happened to you, Omar, when you got into the pool and the old woman was swimming right behind you and you called it a cold plunge. Oh, man. Well, look, to me, it was a cold plunge. So I'm going to stick with it. All right. (laughs) Well, Travis, I mean, I think you have dropped some serious knowledge bombs or some bombs, as Omar would say. (laughs) And I just want, before we close this out, is there anything else you feel like our listeners who, as you said, like maybe this is the first time they've even heard of limiting beliefs and you have just completely changed their world with this conversation. What is one thing specifically that you want them to just take away from this conversation? I think it goes back to the very first thing that we talked about, which is your beliefs are optional. If you can question your thoughts and just question everything in general, and you truly buy into the idea that your beliefs are optional, you could do whatever the hell you want with your life. And there's pretty much nothing anyone can do to stop you. Man. Well, thank you so much for just dropping your wisdom on us here, Travis. I think you really, truly have become a master in this area, as you are in so many areas, which is why we love having conversations with you. But for our listeners who maybe they want to dive into this stuff more, maybe they want to even reach out to you and just talk about this or just follow along and you know check out your awesome reels that you share, where could yeah. they connect with you on social media? Yep. Just hit me up on the good old Instagram. I'm sure it'll be linked in the show notes because my last name is impossible to uh, spell. But if you guys have any questions on this or you want to just have a chat about it, I love talking about this stuff. So just shoot me a DM and yeah, I'd love to talk to you about it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. See you guys. Can we get a clap or something? What do yeah. We what do you want? You want a clap? Thank Ooh, you. Yeah. Good job, team. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens, talk to you in the next episode.